Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Hello. Smiling. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello, oh. darling. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I am okay. I'm, I'm in a bit of a weird frisky mood. But I think <laughs> I that makes sense. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it was just a different kind of weekend. Yeah. 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 Tell me about your weekend then. What's oh. been happening? Yeah, well, so we went, uh, so again, <laughs> we're totally taking advantage of these free outdoor screenings of films for the Tribeca Film Festival. So we saw, oh, the, I think, the not. last one, right? Exactly. Mm. So we went out to uh, see this film, this beautiful Iranian film yesterday. Oh my gosh, it was gorgeous. They're very slow. It was very slow moving, but very profound at the same time. So I was both falling asleep as well as highly impressed at the same time with one of those films. <laughs> Is that even awesome. possible? Yeah, yeah. It's just very, my mind was stimulated and I was falling asleep. I don't know if this is like sort of like the, the thing about Iranian films, but anyways, it was lovely. And then it was just like a gut punch at the end. So I really enjoyed that. Me and my me and my dude really enjoyed that. And then we went for um Korean fried chicken, which let me tell you was like an experience out of this world. Oh, sounds amazing. Out of this world. Yes. So mm. it was like two bucket list items, I think, because I think he always wanted to have Korean barbecue chicken. So when we go to uh, fried chicken, so we went to we, we go to Korean restaurants from time to time and he'll always see up on the wall like, hey, fried chicken. And he's like, really? <laughs> is this the place? And we discovered, yes, yes. Wow. It is a thing. Nice. Korean fried chicken. Yeah. So it's been good. It's and I think the heat. Well, it's not un, at least over here. It's not uncharacteristic, but it's really quite toasty. It's like. In the mid 80s, early 90s, it's like 30s, mm, 30 degrees nice. above. Yeah, so it's 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 full on summer. It's like you don't have to worry about having jackets. Oh, it's ever. so nice, isn't it? I know, I know. Mm. So it's good. It's about the time where, so the city will open up the fire hydrants, uh, you know, in the Bronx and up in Washington Heights here, and just just so the the kids can kind of play in. The- play in the fire hydrant in the streets yes that's a thing in new york city it's like a cooling off measure it's i I don't know it's like the department of sanitation's (laughs) does that sound weird never mind yes it is weird it is weird isn't it never mind building these lovely outdoor parks with fountains let's just turn on (laughs) the hydrant that's exactly oh it's weird it's i I thought i thought everyone did that everywhere Uh, oh (laughs) oh yeah no it's a summer thing where kids are like running in the street through the fire hydrants that's we must New be a lot more summer. market in Jersey because we have actual fountains within gardens. <laughs> okay. Well, we're a little limited here. <laughs> we do with what we can. Oh, I tell you what, funny. though, it sounds like fun. And if there was one going, I'd probably run through it. Right? It to- oh, my God, it's awesome. So, so we've Release got one your of- inner child. That's the thing. So in front of our building, we've got like entire families that will ordinarily party on the street they'll bring all mm. their long chairs and they'll bring out their, their chicken barbecue and that sort of thing and then they're they bring this inflatable pool and they put it on the road and then they fill the <laughs> pool through the fire hydrant and the kids are running in and out of the fire hydrant and out of the pool on the street <laughs> what about the cars so it's just it's a thing it's like they have the tiny little route to go through and the car I, everybody understands it's 
It's summer. You got your inflatable pools. And <laughs> the cars are passing slowly by the fire hydrants, giving themselves a car wash. Because it's a free car wash. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've just said all <laughs> It's funny because I'm like, this feels so normal. I didn't, until it got out of my head, I thought like this, this is just what you do in the summer. It's just, the fire hydrants provide like multi, multi <laughs> Not I can't, just for fires. I can't wait for you to listen to this back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> awesome okay so i love it i love it oh my god okay this is i live in a different place this is awesome i didn't ever thought twice about it i was like i don't have to pay to wash my car in the summer you just go find you just go find a fire hydrant you cruise through slowly and then you walk and then you reverse back out to get the other side (laughs) anyways so that's so that's what's going on here Oh, well, I have a great mental picture now that you've just created. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That has brightened up my day. No end. I know. Oh, lovely. So how how are things going over on your side of the pond? (laughs) Well, as ever, I have never got anything more entertaining to share than you. (laughs) Are you you just having like a really nice summer with like, you know, fountains in in parks? And car washes where you have to put like a like coins in and actually yeah, wash yeah, your car yeah. in a car wash. Oh, yeah, like okay. you know normality. Ah, oh, that's your summer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, we oh, have had some pretty decent weather. Ah, and um, I did go for a beautiful picnic in the park, <gasps> which was just stunning. And even better, we went on a weekday when everybody else was at work. So oh. it just felt glorious. The park wow. was beautifully empty. Oh. And had a great time and then went and had pizza down by the beach. Oh, tell me yeah. about the pizza. It's amazing. So um, it's right on the slipway. It goes um, straight down onto the beach, um, onto mm. the bay. It's a big, massive bay. And um, there's three or four benches there, like picnic style benches. So you can go oh. and it's like a little hut and you order your pizza from there and they give you a shout when it's ready. And you just sit on these oh. lovely wooden benches the sea, glorious sea, the tide was out, so the sand was, uh, the beach looked massive. Oh. And just had a lovely pizza and took a bottle of champagne with us. Oh, yes, nice. Very decadent. <gasps> um, and then took a lovely walk back home. Oh, gorgeous. Glorious, How glorious. romantic. It was. Oh, wow. And is it like a very nice, like thin crust Italian style pizza? Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Nice. Lovely. Oh my gosh. Like it tastes amazing. Greens. And I don't know if it tastes better because you sat outside eating it mm. or if it's just that it's an amazing pizza anyway. Oh, pizza on the beach. There's nothing like eating outside on the beach. Yeah. Everything Lovely. tastes better. Lovely. You do have to watch out for the seagulls though. Oh, yes. Who are partial to a bit of pizza. Really? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> oh, do they kind of dive bomb or sort of crowd around you? They're just kind of a bit blatant. So you see them circling. <gasps> wow. And then the slightest chance, suddenly never ever leave your pizza box open in between taking your pizza out. Oh, nice. Because it'd be straight in there, it would just swoop down, steal the pizza, and away it goes. It's (gasps) happened before. They can carry pizza slices? Oh my God, yeah. They steal sandwiches out of kids' hands. Oh, you guys have got some seagulls over there. Wow. Oh, yeah. They are well skilled. <laughs> wow. It's like the mafioso of like. You go, wow. you go and get an ice cream from the ice cream van and they tell you to watch out for the seagulls. Really? Yeah. Oh, you guys have got some seagulls over there then. And they're massive as well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And they're protected, so there's nothing you can do. Wait, you have protected seagulls? Yeah. 
They're protected. You can't do anything. No. Yeah. What? Why would you? What? They're not like an endangered species. That's insane. Mm, I know. Tell me about it. Wow. Okay. Talk about a different slice of reality. (laughs) Protected seagulls. (laughs) I mean, it's not that I want to cause them harm, but like they kind of are the, the vermin of the sky. Yeah. And because they can do whatever they want, they just they come further inland. So really, seagulls shouldn't be that far inland. They should be out hunting for yeah. their food in the middle of the sea, not attacking not. Yeah. small children with ice creams oh my on the beach. Gosh. Right? See, this is like how their evolution has sort of tied into human evolution. And yeah. they kind of, wow. We're allowing oh it to happen. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Anyway. I generally do not want to cause harm to any animals, but mm-hmm. equally, I think you should be allowed to have a, you know, something to eat by the beach and not worry about yes, it. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. Wow. So, I have never heard of such aggressive seagulls. Oh, yeah. It's a you first. Have to watch out for them. Wow. Yeah. Still, you guys took all the precautions and you had a very romantic time we at did. the beach, which is it was very beautiful. Lovely. It was beautiful. Yeah. And um, I have to apologize to the rest of Jersey because. Today I got some garden furniture delivered, which means this summer is over. Oh, <laughs> the sun will now never return because oh, I've just had some garden furniture delivered. Gosh, that's so funny, <laughs> Kismet. Oh man. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. It sounds like it'll be a beautiful furniture set for the rain, right? So there yeah, you go. Exactly. Might, if it's exactly. going to rain, you might as well. My yeah. philosophy is it's going to last a while. So if it doesn't happen this summer, hopefully it'll happen next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny so yeah but oh. sorry jersey i apologize <laughs> for the downpour that's going to happen for the it next won't few happen months. again for a while yeah <laughs> uh, well we'll check in on this oh. station to see how the, uh, yes how the weather i'll jersey. keep you posted if we get to sit on it at all this year beautiful <laughs> lovely lovely well uh in amidst all of the uh garden furniture deliveries have you been at the relationship desk of love oh i have tell you slaving away all night trying to find oh. the best possible news to oh, bring to nice. the nation very nice very nice do go on so one of the things that plagues us during summer is hay fever oh so i've started to hear yes. a lot of people talk recently about hay fever mm-hmm. and what a problem it causes them and mm-hmm. you know streaming eyes runny nose it's you know it's a bit of a downside of summer mm-hmm. did you know the answer could lie in sex <gasps> yes i think go on interesting okay so i'll be interested mm-hmm. in doc sass's point of view here oh yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely So there's been a new scientific link between hay fever and sex. What? (laughs) I'm interested. (laughs) So apparently a bit of sexual healing can help to alleviate some of the symptoms that come with hay fever. Scientists in Iran have discovered a link between the reproductive system and the nasal system. And their work has been published in the medical journal. So they found that sex constricts the blood vessels in the nose and causes it to unblock the eyes, meaning that the eyes stop watering. Oh, I see it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they said it can be done from time to time to alleviate the congestion and patients can adjust the number of intercourses depending (laughs) on the severity of the system. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) I would say... It might have its drawbacks. I mean... <laughs> oh, you think? <laughs> for one, you couldn't do it in the park having a picnic, could you? <laughs> no, or not on, not on the tube either. <laughs> no, 
And then the other thing is, if you're feeling like that, maybe you might not be up to it. So there's a bit of a catch-22 situation oh, there. What do right. I do? Oh, that is... Put myself out there and try or ah, okay. stick with the symptoms? Here's the thing. I would think mm. about sexual activity not involving facial contact. Yeah, I just meant if you're feeling like crap because of hay fever, do you want to get down and get jiggy? Yeah, I think yes, but just not in a way where I have to be in somebody's face. I mean, that sounds yeah. really awful, but I would, yes, I think there's all, I think you just have to be creative because I don't think necessarily if you're all blocked up, I think you'd welcome some sexual positions, Yeah, but just ones not involving face-to-face <laughs> contact. <laughs> ones where you can have your tissues and be like blowing and... And still, you know. (laughs) So, well, for anybody out there, perhaps who's (laughs) suffering from hay fever right now, you can test out the theory and um, email us at info at com and let us know how it went. Absolutely. And try not to get arrested and don't tell them that Geordie Lass and Dog Sass sent you. Do not do it outside. Don't do it outside. We've established that on earlier podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We definitely think it's illegal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I, and we didn't fully, fully confirm it, but we're pretty sure. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Yeah. Err on the side of caution with that one. Yes, please. Oh, well, that's a lovely one. I think that's very appropriate for uh, the season. Yeah. Ready yeah. for the summertime. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Good times. Good times. Well, thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. And I think that got us warmed up. It did. Warm yeah. enough for a hot topic? I think we're, yep. I think we're ready. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. topic is what stops you from getting the relationship you want oh my gosh the relationship you're in right now (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say other people other people oh yeah (laughs) nice nice good one good one oh this is oh you know how many of us and i don't know i'm sure all every one of us is on some sort of private facebook group maybe has nothing to do with sort of relationship. Maybe it's more has to do with profession or some, you know, I think all of us sort of are in with these groups. And I'll tell you, it always comes up on these groups where people, apropos of nothing, they just put out, you know, I'm thinking of getting a divorce, my relationship is terrible. And then everybody else chimes in on their yeah. unhappy relationships. Yeah, There's just a lot of tolerating less than optimal. Yeah. So it's a great question. What is stopping you from having the relationship that you want? Mm. Seems yeah. that the majority of our planet struggles from this affliction. I read a statistic the other week that said 80% of relationships end. Okay, that is a mic drop. 80%. So not necessarily marriages, so relationships in general. Yeah. So if you think about the number of relationships you have in your life. Yeah. And how often people get divorced, remarried, possibly divorced again, possibly remarried. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Maybe just have kind of a relationship, intermediary relationship before they go on to the next marriage. Hell. Yeah. So 80% of relationships end. I know. All of my relationships except for one have ended up to now. Yeah. Although that did end in between. It did end. <laughs> and then we got back together again and we yeah. were like, let's try this craziness again. So, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm, my mind is blown. That's a great statistic. <laughs> it is a good question. This is the reason why we are relationship coaches this is why we do what we do is how do I get the relationship that I actually want yeah so I've been reading some interesting work by a lady called Byron Katie um called the work and um her her philosophy is basically everything is is to do with us 
and nothing to do with anybody else. And if we focus on who we are and the frustrations that we're having and work those out internally, you could have a relationship with anybody. You could basically be married and be with anybody because you'll have resolved everything because it's all within you. Yeah, I definitely believe that most of us leave relationships when actually it was us not getting over our own shit. Yeah. I absolutely agree for the for a big portion of relationships that end, that mm. is absolutely what's going on. And that's really helpful advice. I do yeah. have to say that I think that we make a mistake to apply Byron Katie's work across all scenarios. And I think the one thing where she sort of tries to homogenize things, which to sort of catastrophic results is when she applies this to abusive situations. I think yeah. that's where I take major issue with her. <laughs> yeah, and I got, I really, really struggled. I mean, I struggle still with parts of her work, but I, I definitely struggled with that part. Yeah. But I can see where, essentially, if you kind of break it down, I can see the, the principle of working out exactly what you think the problem is and then seeing how true is that mm-hmm. and then unpicking it and the process of releasing emotion from something I can see how all of that works so shall we try and put this into context for listeners absolutely yeah so let's pick a situation I'll give you one so great yeah so I'll give you sort of a typical client thing is um so I'm a woman I my partner is a guy and I'm refusing to have sex with him because he's a really mean guy he doesn't help out around the household at all I'm doing 98% of the work And so we are at a standstill, like we're thinking about divorce. And my thing is like, you are a worthless slob. You never help me out. And we haven't had sex in a year and a half. Okay. All right. Go. Well, first of all, I'd acknowledge that that sounds like a tough situation. Oh, why, thank you. (laughs) I'm not sure Byron Katie acknowledges, but I'm going to. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. That is a critical thing. Yeah, exactly. It is hard. (laughs) <laughs> so the question would be, how true is it that your partner is a slob and never helps out and never does anything in the, around the house? Oof. Well, I would say, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I do most of the heavy lifting. Like I'm doing all the childcare. I'm doing all the household chores. He's playing video games. I think the thing that I'm telling myself is that like he doesn't care for me. If he cared Mm. about me, he would be helping me out. He sees me like huffing and puffing and tired at the end of the day. And I say, I'm so tired, uh, but he's not lifting a finger. I mean, he does do some of the other things like putting the snow tires on. He takes the, uh, you know, car out to the mechanic and he, um, you know, he does work a lot of hard days. So, I mean, he is doing stuff. I just don't think it's important stuff. So what we hear in that demonstration is actually there's a there's a fixed point of reality, which is I think that my husband's a slob, never does anything, doesn't have around the house. I don't really like him and I'm going to withdraw sex as a result, which is contempt, by the way. Yes. And a big nail in the relationship coffin. Uh But the reality is when you dig deeper, it's not that he's not doing things. It's that he's not doing the things that you value. And therefore, that's different to he's not doing anything at all. He's just not doing things that you recognize as valuable to your relationship. Yeah. And I simply don't feel like I have to explain that to him. Like he should see that I'm struggling and he should just pitch in, naturally pitch in the 50%. So, you know, I am expecting him to feel my needs and see where I need help. And I really don't think I have to tell him. So you're expecting your husband to be a mind reader? 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> he used to be helpful at the beginning, like before kids, before marriage. He he used to like cook me breakfast and that sort of thing when we were like hooking up in our little loft apartment downtown. But now we've moved to the suburbs and he is a slob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the frustration. And what's the reality of the situation that's going on here, do you think? Oh, well, I really have expected him to just sort of pick up and notice that I am under stress and sort of hear my humming and hawing and like clanging of dishes and stomping Mm. around the house. I have expected him to notice that something's wrong, but he hasn't. But if I look back on it, I realize that I haven't actually sat him down and said, these are the things that would help me that I would value that would actually help me haven't had that conversation. So the reality probably is like, he probably doesn't know what's going on in my mind. (laughs) Yes. So what's the alternative? Ah, well, the alternative is to sit down and say, these are the things that are really stressing me out. And these are the things that I would like help with. And how do we come together to sort out a more even chore schedule? And other things that make me feel more cared for. I think that's the thing. I'm I'm not feeling the love right now because, you know, I don't feel like what he does is loving. And I feel it is true. Like if I could kind of speak to him and, you know, sort of convey, like give him a chance to do the things that actually will make me feel loved. And how much love and care do you give yourself? Ooh, not a lot. I'm always running pillar to post. And, you know, as I've heard on the Jody Last Doc Sass podcast, I do admit... <laughs> that um, my kids don't lift a finger either. So I'm doing everything. You know, they're not even really cleaning their rooms. I have to sort of just stand over them on weekends and just make them clean the rooms. And I'm the one cleaning up after dinner. And I'm the only one cooking and stuff. And gosh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you think you get the relationship you want? Oh, I guess I ask for it with my words. (laughs) Yeah. And what else do you think you could do? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, what's coming up is is actually treating myself like I want other people to treat me. Um, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's funny because I, I definitely have expected people to to see that I need something and to give it to me because that's like the ultimate love is. And that's what I see in in movies that like, you know, very some guy is kind of noticing and looking over and being like, sweetheart, you look upset or you look stressed or whatever, you know, let me do this huge gesture of love. And I kind of just expected that that's how things would go. And maybe those gestures of love can come or that noticing that awareness can come, but only if you can grow together as people and understand each other's bits for affection and where the challenges lie. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, that is, that is a big story that I've been telling myself. And I think I, have a lot of a lot of work to do Mm. yeah well yeah thank you for sharing and best of luck well thank you so much yes absolutely (laughs) and I feel like I don't know why that felt so I I was painting out a dramatic scenario but it felt so real because I think so many of us have been in (laughs) in this kind like this is a very very common scenario to be sitting and, and marinating in your own narrative and your own story Completely, completely. So, you know, go on, that was a bit of a kind of little coaching demonstration there. But if we go back to the hot topic, how do I get the love that I want? How do I get the relationship that I want? The reason why we say it starts with you, because a lot of the time it is about 
understanding who you are as a person what is it that I need what is it that I'm expecting from somebody else where are the gaps what can I do for myself that nobody else needs to fulfill absolutely now the tricky thing is as somebody saying maybe maybe they're 5 10 15 20 30 years down the road of a relationship and this is the question how do I get the relationship I want it feels impossible to take a relationship where there's such ingrained patterns of mm. these assumptions and where contempt has already settled in, it feels impossible to change the dynamic of a relationship once you're so far down the road, but it is not impossible. Yeah, it's not impossible. So, yeah. you know, the antidote to contempt is appreciation and gratitude mm. yeah. and um, taking time to notice each other. And one thing you'll find is if one partner starts doing it, it's contagious. Yes, the other it partner, is then catches it so they catch that yes. appreciation bug and they then continue and, yeah. and before you know it it actually becomes part of your you know, your daily process your daily interactions with each other to appreciate each other and to give thanks and to say thank you yeah listen that's so true because you might feel like your partner and again your interpretations because you've never asked them you might think that they are completely okay with this misery mm. you guys are both leading these like miserable lives maybe you're you know, hanging out, sticking out for the kids or whatever. But what you are assuming incorrectly is that they are happy with the misery. And if things start to change on one side, it's contagious because the other person is like, thank mercy that this something is, is feeling better. Nobody, yeah. now there are, again, there are abusive relationships, there are abusive partners, and they thrive on dysfunction and mm. misery. But let's assume that this is sort of a healthy partnership. There's just two miserable people feeling stuck. Yeah. And because there's no streams of communication open, everybody is just sort of to their own devices, just feeling miserable. Yeah. Sticking with the state is cool. Yeah. So one person changes, the other person is just delighted. Yeah. <laughs> now, again, why do you have to be the person to change? Well, why not? Why not? Yeah. There's always a different way of looking at it. Why should I be the person yeah. that, that changes would lead me to the question, like, A, why not? And B, what's the alternative? You can't change anybody else, but you can change yourself. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think, so this is a question, and again, you know, in my own laboratory, right, in my own apartment, in my own relationship, mm -hmm. I discovered is something fabulous, is um, ask your partner, who am I to you? What am I to you? Mm. Do you remember who that person was when you first met them, when you first started dating them? Just that absolute giggly, mm. delightfully childlike sort of love that you had for them and all the things that you saw in them, their potential, their attraction, um, that smile that you noticed, that sexual attraction, the all the beautiful, kind things that they do in the world. Do you remember those things anymore? Do you even see those things anymore? Mm. And if not, why not? Because you know what? we don't actually change. Yes, we get dusty and sort of, you know, debris ridden because the, you know, life throws shit on us, right? But if you brush things aside, we are still the glorious, youthful people underneath. And, you know, how do we get back to that beautiful thing that we that we once saw in each other? Because that's not dead. It's, it's probably the truest essence of us. And that's the thing that I'm kind of uh, on a new kind of trip on is, how do we get the relationship that we want that's anchored in what we actually saw and found in each other in the first place? I, yeah. I don't think that that is a mirage. I think that is closer to the truth. Yeah, beautifully said. I had goosebumps there while you were saying that. <sighs> it is so true. Um, in the relationship reset program that I'm 
halfway through now. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, Woo. the first part of it is about um awareness about what's going on, what do you want um from your relationship, um what's not working. But as you move through the stages, it moves on to strengths. Where's my strengths as a couple? What is it that we've got? What is it that we stand for? What is it that's really brilliant and great about us? And what's brilliant and great about my partner? And as you say, it's starting to recognise those things again. It's almost like I get a a vision of a room that's just filled with hazy smoke and Mm. you can't quite see each other anymore. Mm. And you just need something to move the smoke out of the way so you can see each other clearly again. Oh, guys, do the course when it's available. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. Do the work, do the work. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, and the glorious thing is, if you're wondering whether you're in a relationship with somebody where this is going to work, if you're sitting wondering, paralyzed, not knowing, spending years just being miserable and Mm. saying, you know, and just assuming something of your partner, that puts you in like, not the power seat. But if you start doing the work, you're going to find out really quick whether your partner is going to do the work with you. You're going to find out what your partner is made of. So just dive in, go head first, you take the first leap. Do the relationship reset and and you're going to find out one thing or the other. You're going to find out whether you need to leave because your partner isn't coming along or you're going to be really beautifully surprised and realize, oh my God, we still got it. Mm. We still have what it takes. Yeah. And the thing that I like about it is it's the thought of jumping over that hurdle and on the other side is just like a much brighter future. And you wonder, yeah. like most clients will say their biggest regret is not taking action sooner. Because the beauty on the other side of doing whatever it is. So if you're sat in a relationship that's not making you happy, you're not 100% where you want to be and you want you want the relationship to be different. Even taking two or three small steps will improve your happiness. It will get you closer to where you want to be. And that might be enough for now. So whatever it is that you're going to do or you're thinking about doing, just do it. Just take the step, find the courage, just dig deep and go for it. Because the happiness on the other side is so worth the reward of putting in the effort. The thought of sitting there in two years, three years, five years, 10 years and people do this in the same situation not taking any action what does that thought bring you versus digging deep finding a bit of courage you know making that first move taking that first step towards happiness yeah or clarity Mm. unhappiness on other sides so again like I think what stops people is like, yeah, but my partner's not going to do anything nothing's going to change but that step will bring you closer to clarity so yeah it's a win-win it's yeah. either your your partner steps up, sees what you're cooking in the kitchen and, you know, is like, hell yeah, let's do this. Or if your partner does not change and stays rooted in their sort of dysfunction or whatever, then there's your answer right there is you start mm-hmm. shifting. And if you don't got company on that, then that tells you something. And that clarity is a refreshing feeling because I think all we want to know is what to do. And when we're stuck and yeah, if five years down the road, nothing has changed, it's going to be feel pretty shitty because you still don't know what to do. You still yeah. don't have an answer. You don't have a direction. Yeah. A direction is amazing. Most of the time your partner is actually going to like pick it up. And if they don't pick it up, well, then there you go. Then you know what you're doing. And the reality is there are no bad choices. Uh-huh. There's no bad choices. It kind of doesn't matter which direction you go in. Yeah. You're just not stuck in a place you don't want to be. Correct. But what we do see as coaches, we definitely see regret when folks have ended a relationship mm. and they look back on that relationship and they're like, ah, I probably could have done some stuff. Not to say the relationship would have been saved. 
No, but it is the biggest thing. Clients either regret they didn't take action sooner or they regret when it's over that they didn't intervene or they regret their own behaviour or not taking responsibility. So that is one of the biggest things that comes up is regret in some shape or form. Yeah, because in the words of my very sage, one of my clients, um, she's realising that she's probably wanting to actually work on her own relationship right now because she realizes if she goes off and finds Mr. Fabulous it's going to be marrying somebody else's idiot Mm. she very rightly is like there's not this fabulous guy sitting out there I might as well work with what I've got because it's not like anything shiny is out there for me and to her point I'm like that's absolutely right yeah and it goes for both sexes doesn't it so yeah um, whatever it is your expectation is of a relationship really question where that expectation comes from what is it that I'm really after what's below the surface what's driving this when did I first experience that how long is it how often has it shown up in past relationships and if you start to see some recurring patterns you know that's a big flag that you need to start to do some work on yourself oh beautiful yeah so anything else on the hot topic I mean there's so many I'm I'm butting my tongue I know (laughs) We haven't even talked about the folks who are single who notice themselves in a perpetual sort of pattern of relationships not serving them. And how do they step out as they're enjoying their fabulous single time and they're thinking, well, maybe one day I might want to put myself in the ring again, is how do you put yourself in the ring to attract that relationship that works for you? And I think the same principles apply. So um, whether you're in a relationship or you're out of a relationship, there's two things that are really clear. So one is, what is it I actually want from a relationship? And a lot of people don't know that. They know what they don't want, but they they can't articulate what they do want. Right? So that's the first step. The second step is still look back at your patterns of behavior in previous relationships. What is it that didn't work? And how how often did that come back time and time again? Yeah. And that's where the focus needs to be. Sweet. Whether you're single or in a relationship, I think it's the same. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> a little workout. Oh, that was a workout. Yeah. Would you be ready for a question? Yes, please. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. I'm out of control emotionally after my girlfriend broke up with me. What can I do? Oh, my gosh, this is hard. Yeah. I can feel the pain. Yeah. Oh, what kind of emotions are coming up, do you think? Do we know that are coming up? We've been here. So I feel out of control emotionally would sound to me like I feel helpless. I feel distraught. I feel like there's no hope for the future. I feel like I'll never recover from this. It feels like an arm has been cut off. Like it it feels like a part of you yeah. Because everything you used to do together, I used to do that with them. I used to go to that pub together. We used to hang out with these friends. And chances are parents and friends have been disconnected as well. So mm. it's like there's a whole part of your life that just got chopped off. Yeah. Yeah. I describe it as like a big hole being cut out of the middle. <gasps> Oof. And it's not. And you can't think how you're ever going to fill it again. Oh, my God. It, I mean... And there's all these things you might like watch movies, you might listen to podcasts, Mm -hmm. you might talk to friends, oh, you'll be fine, whatever, whatever. But like, the thing is, is this sort of thing just takes its time. Like there is no rushing it. It is the stages of grief. Like, Mm. and how do we sit with pain? Yeah. 
Because there's all sorts of ways that you can numb the pain for a while, like through alcohol, drugs, random sex with strangers, uh, buying things, um, trying to pretend everything is okay and just like blasting over the grief process and just sort of going back to your daily. And we've all gone through that, like, I'm fabulous stage. I'm going to be just fine. And I'm going to make like a power Mm. move in my social or professional life. And then the shit hits the fan and then (laughs) you... You're back <laughs> staring grief in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just acknowledging where you're at. It's acknowledging that this is a tough situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Things have changed. It was out of your control. So it happened. You feel like it's happened to you. Mm-hmm. So um, that feels like you've got no power mm-hmm. and it feels like you're not in a position to do anything about it. The reality is that's a myth mm. and it's just the way that you're feeling right now. So you have got power, you have got the ability to do it, but you may want to sit in that place whilst to heal and recover and gain, regain your strength before you choose to do anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So what's hard to see is that like any breakup, no matter how extraordinary, if you let time take its course, you'll get over mm. anything. Yeah. Loss of the greatest proportion, like human beings are super resilient. We can actually handle... The tricky thing that we were never taught in our age, and I think they're teaching kids now, which is emotional self-soothing, to be able to Mm. sit with painful emotion and to know that it's going to be there like a storm and that one fine day, it's going to just, just like the weather, just like a bad storm, it's just going to go away one day. And you're not going to have to push it away. It's just going to go away. Like an emotion will never sit with you forever. And we were never taught that our generation was never taught that younger kids are and maybe they're going to actually go through breakups with a lot more resilience than we did. Yeah, possibly. But I think there's always going to be that one. Yeah, (laughs) that completely takes your heart, then rips it up, shreds it to pieces and tramples all over it. There's always going to be that one. Yeah, it's this is hard. You're right. Even the most emotionally regulated kids will still be hard on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that when we go through a breakup, there is rare an experience such as this that causes you to feel so alive. Explain that more. Yeah. Um, A feeling of just, you know, we go through a lot of our lives feeling like maybe numbed a little bit, maybe complacent, Mm. maybe our job is going well, our relationship is going well, everything is kind of patterned, we might be a bit bored. The beautiful thing about going through like a horrible breakup is you're not bored. And your emotions are right there on the edge, like you're just feeling everything. Mm. So what would you do then to maximize that? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, the central tenet of this is obviously like the self care, compassion and understanding has to be like jacked up to the max. Mm. But I am curious about a part of this, which, you know, if for anybody, anybody who likes to sort of lean on the philosophical is how alive do you feel right now? Like how in touch with life or death matters do you feel right now? Like this breakup, um, this is the, the stuff of love songs, this is or breakup songs. This is the stuff of like, you're human right now. I mean, mm. you're not bored. You're not complacent. Something big is happening to you. So you know, I'd kind of think like, well, what if you were watching the film of your own life right now, and you're the protagonist? And what would you tell yourself if you were like the main character on Friends or something? You'd be like, don't worry, they were a jerk, you deserve better. Just, you know, (laughs) sit tight, take care of yourself. Yeah, if you need to eat that ice cream once in a while, you go for it. But you know, eventually, you're going to brush yourself off, and you're going to get out there, and you're going to be fabulous. 
I'm thinking cheerleader. I think you need to be your own cheerleader. <laughs> and apparently if you speak to yourself in the third person, it's more effective than in the first person. So like, I can do it. I'm going to be okay. It's not as effective of you've got this, you go out there, you slay them. Yeah, I can get that totally. I have a friend who um, shared a saying with me and <laughs> and if I'm ever kind of really anxious or whatever, I can hear her voice in my head oh. and it does, it does change my, shifts my energy completely. Interesting, yeah. Mm. So I can understand how that kind of, that replay of somebody else cheering you on or spurring you to take action or do the right thing. Yeah. I can understand how that would be more effective. Yeah. So how would you come in and what would you be your intervention with somebody who comes and their hearts on the floor, puddle on the floor? I'd say just get those sweatpants on, love. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace it. <laughs> Cry oh, your heart out. Get rid of it yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> Experience the emotion. <laughs> yeah. As my friend says, yeah, messy ass, disgusting, snotty puddle on the floor. Go for it. Let it out. Yeah. And you know, and I'm saying that in with slight tongue in cheek, but the reality is we need to experience the emotion to release it. So people always say oh, you shouldn't cry. Like, why? Why not? Crying's cathartic experience. It helps you to release the energy when we hold, when we withhold emotions and suppress things. It's really not good for us. It's not good for our um, physical and mental health. I read something the other day, interestingly, that said couples that suppress, even if one person suppresses emotion during a marriage, both parties will die younger. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can so see it. So that was a bit freaky. Yeah. So, yeah, for anybody who's suppressing anything, stop it right now. Yeah. You're going to die younger. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're killing your partner at the same time. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but, Are you yeah, listening? So back, <laughs> yeah. Back to the question is, um, yeah, like take whatever time you need. Do whatever process you need to do to process those emotions. Get rid of them. It might be that you um, that you decide to go run in and pound it out. It might be you know, that you scream into the cushion. It may be that yeah. you've got floods of tears. It may be that you curl up in a ball and and just enjoy the fetal position for a while. Like whatever it is, whatever helps you to process it and release the emotions. And then you'll notice just a slight tweak or a change, as, as Anna says, where you do feel like doing something. Yeah. And it's from that point, I think you can start to take action. What I would say is do not just jump into a rebound relationship. I mean, we've heard this advice so many times and whilst it may be fun for the initial period, you are delaying this period, this process of getting over your ex because 100%. you've just jumped out of one bed into another. So yeah, so I'd definitely avoid doing that. I would take the time to really, as we've said in the in the hot topic there about getting the relationship you want, like really take the time to understand what is it that I want. And, and take the time to learn from, you know, do some reflection, learn from the relationship we've just been in. Mm -hmm. Look at your part in it. Look at your mm -hmm. responsibility. Look at the actions you did or didn't take. Mm -hmm. Look at the things that maybe you would have done differently because that's a real chance to grow and to develop as a person so that when you go into the next relationship in a much healthier, stronger position, you're well aware of who you were and who you don't want to be yeah. and who you want to be in the future. Hell yeah. And then if a week after that, you're a puddle on the floor again, be okay with that. Cause this is That's a non-linear process. You're going to have yeah. these moments of clarity. Oh, absolutely. And then you're going to hear about them like dating somebody else. or there's going to be a wedding yes. that you have to go to, yeah. or there's going to be some shit and you're going to be back on the floor, sweatpants, ice cream. Yeah. 
And you might cycle through that for months, maybe, hey, listen, Mm. like quite a while. But what you might notice is that those grips of despair, they tend to be a little lighter and a little less capturing, maybe a little less in duration. And Mm. yes, two years down the road, you might still be having a good old cry, but you'll notice that it has less and less a hold of you. And you're able to, in the interim periods, be able to put some things on track. But don't yeah. freak out if you find yourself all of a sudden boomerang emotions because that is going to mm. happen. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah. So how should somebody build up supports around them for this process? Because it is a process. You want people that you can trust, I think, mm. in this situation. You want people who you know you can rely on. Mm-hmm. so that you don't feel when you go through a breakup you feel rejection you don't want to surround yourself by people who can you feel like could further reject you mm-hmm. um so make sure you've got people around you who can trust you can rely on them and you know have your best interests at heart yeah that and maybe people who have a realistic patience and expectation for healing because yeah. there will be some people who are like Meh, you guys broke up four weeks ago why are you still not over this yeah. Their grief process can sometimes take like a couple of years to really sort mm. of wash over if you're doing it right. In some relationships, you might never, ever get over. Yeah. So some relationships, there might always be that little part of you that all, will always love them or always hold a bit of a torch for them. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Means you're, you've still gone on, but there's just something still there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like, you know, friends or even know yourself that grief takes a very long time. And sometimes I love it what you say, sometimes you'll never get over completely. Yeah. So, and that mm. is okay. But that when ma- waves emo- of emotion come back as they might always like there might always be something like a, a scent or a song that reminds you of that person yeah. like 20 years down the road. First and foremost, just allow yourself the space. It doesn't necessarily mean anything catastrophic if you're going to have an emotional sort of moment um Mm. it's perfectly normal too and Mm. the friends that are around be cautious of being around people who are uncomfortable with emotions themselves and want to rush you past your grief Mm. because there will be people who just they'll be there for a short time and they'll support you but they don't have the patience for the sort of waves of grief But if you find yourself weeks go by, you can't take a shower, you're in bed all the time, you're not eating, you're not able to go to work. Those are signs of depression and yeah. you need to see your doctor. That's just just going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. But other than that, a bit of ice cream never hurt anybody. <laughs> ben and Jerry's ice cream should have like breakup, <laughs> breakup companion written on their. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't marketed a version that is like breakup break ice, ice cream. Yeah, they should. Holy shit. Yes. Maybe we should, yeah. we can invent a new product now. Break up ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Break up sweatpants. Yeah. Oh, you could have a whole range, couldn't you? Have a whole <gasps> lane. Damn, yeah. Do you think that's counterproductive to be in a relationship coach though? No, not at all, I think. <laughs> or is it, it's economical savvy, isn't it? Because you're yeah. hedging your bets, you've got a foot in both camps. Hell yeah. Mm. I mean, the reality is if 80% of relationships fail, and by fail I mean break up, yes. then it means we're going to go through a lot of breakups. Yeah, exactly. In our mm. life. Okay, we're on to something. I know. New sideline. <laughs> break up ice cream. Break up, I'm, I'm just thinking of a whole line of like pedicure, manicure, and facial products. Yeah. We're there. We're there. Yeah. So anybody going through a breakup and feeling messy, ugly right now, and like, I don't know what to do. Uh, number one, we've all been there. Number two, 
you will feel better. Even if you did nothing proactive, you will feel better because time itself is just going to have its own treatment. And the more you can support yourself and reach out to people who support you through this process, the easier it'll be, but it, nothing makes this easy. No, no. The one thing that came up for me there when you were just speaking is it's really good to try and assess where you are every day. So just think, do I feel better than I did yesterday? If not, why not? Because you can start to see, often we've got this, the perception is, well, I still feel like shit. It's therefore it's shit. But if yesterday was a 10 in terms of how rubbish I felt and today is a nine and a half, you still made a bit of progress. I love it. Mm. And I would, if people are like me and we tend to boomerang and and Mm. sort of cycle, I would actually move that out to three months. Like in three months time, three months ago, what was my score three months ago? What's my score Mm. now? Because I'm going to give myself time to be all over the map. I'm kind of an all over the map. Like some days are great and sometimes... But if you record it, you can see kind of over time, actually, I might have had a couple of dips, but generally the trend's going in the right direction. Oh, that sounds great. So if anybody likes graphing stuff or putting stuff up on Excel... I literally, I was there with my squared paper. Nice, damn. (laughs) Right, I'm going to chart this. Damn. Good. I am somebody. I am somebody who needs to kind of write things down. So, I did start a new goal tracker this week. Oh, hello. Yes. Yes. So I just in a notebook, simple writing down your goals and writing the days of the week. So obviously Monday through to Sunday, and then ticking the days where I've achieved that goal. Oh, brilliant! So simple things like yoga, water, um, walking go to bed at a decent time, like all the healthy things that you want to try and put in place. For me, I, I'm i a lot better if I kind of track it and chart it. So yeah, that's my new thing. Oh, good for you. And, and I did yoga this morning as a result. Hello. Oh, that's wonderful. There yeah. is a serenity about you today. That's very nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that sounds awesome. That's a beautiful tip. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we've gotten into it today. I think we did it. <laughs> I need some mint and cucumber water right now. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. It's funny. We both came to the podcast this morning with mint and cucumber water. Yeah. It was a it was a pure coincidence, but there's something in the, there's something brewing. I think that's what we're needing. If you have not tried it, definitely try it. I like to put a bit of lime in there as well. Mix it up a bit. Nice. Yeah. And I hear by your garden furniture that you're going to have a, a week of storms and rain. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that it is raining most of the week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I haven't rechecked the forecast, but um, oh. when they said they were delivering it on Monday, I was like, oh, great. OK, <laughs> <laughs> now I know. <laughs> Rainy. Delighted that I've got it, but I know the rain's on its way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so, no. Yeah, let's hope there's a break in the sunshine and I get to try it out. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us how it goes. I will. Yeah. All right. Okay. Alrighty. Till next week. Till next week. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.